Today's episode of the Theater People podcast is brought to you by TodayTix, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app in Google Play or the App Store and use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That code again is THEATERPEOPLE, which of course is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Hey, theater people, Patrick here. So exciting news, you guys. We are doing a live show in September. The guest for the show is my good friend, the youngest female Tony Award winner, Daisy Egan. As many of you know, Daisy won her Tony Award for originating the role of Mary Lennox in The Secret Garden back in 1991. What you might not know is that Daisy is going back into the show in the role of Martha. You know, the maid who teaches Mary about, like, joy and sings that amazing song, Hold On. The show is going to D.C. in October and then the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle. No promises, but the show has an eye on Broadway and we all have our fingers crossed. So for our live show, we're going to get the whole story. How Daisy was cast in the original production, how it was to win the Tony Award, and what it was like in general to be a child star. And then we'll talk a bit about this new production, what she's excited about and nervous about. And then we'll end the show with Daisy singing a couple of songs accompanied by our musical director, Drew Wootke, who I have a huge crush on. The show is happening on Sunday, September 19th in the Cabaret Theater at the Duplex in the West Village. Tickets are $12 and there's a two-drink minimum. The show is 21+, plus. however, they will let people 18 and over in as long as we let them know at least five days ahead of time. So if you're under 21 and you want to go to the show, just shoot me an email and you can find that link on our website. All the info and the link to buy tickets is also on our website, which is theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. Okay, now to the show. Welcome to the Renaissance with poets, painters, and bon vivants. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. You guys, I'm still hyperventilating over the fact that I got to sit in a room with Will Chase and Rob McClure. These two gorgeous and hilarious men are currently starring in the absolutely fabulous Something Rotten, currently running at the St. James Theater. I have to say, you guys, I've seen the show three times now, and it never gets old. With Rob McClure in the leading role of Nick Bottom, a struggling playwright in Renaissance-era London, and Will Chase in the role of Shakespeare, who in this telling is a pompous, lady-killing, self-doubting megastar, the show is every bit as hilarious now as it was when I saw it in previews. Rob McClure, of course, is best known for originating the roles of Charlie Chaplin in Chaplin and Jack Singer in Honeymoon in Vegas. And Will Chase, of course, is best known for his work in Rent, Aida, High Fidelity, and The Mystery of Edwin Drood, and like a thousand TV shows. It was so much fun to get to chat with these guys. I swear we laughed for an hour. Here's our conversation. How are you? Great. Welcome to the show. Rob McClure and Will Chase. Okay, Yay. I'm such a big fan of both of you. Oh. Um, sometimes, so this just happens. Sometimes when I'm in front of like really famous people and I get really <laughs> nervous and I completely forget your names, which just totally happened. When do they get here though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What time did they get here? One time I was interviewing Alison Frazier. And uh, she's Alison Frazier. Yeah. I, I just completely blanked on her name and we were about to start. And I was like, yeah. could I just have one more look at your CD just so I know what we're talking about? I want to see those songs. What's her name? <laughs> Name. Isn't What's it funny the name? people who who make you you, know, you can never predict who's totally. going to make you starstruck? Yes. I, oh no, yes. I met all kinds of fancy people and I was totally fine. And then I remember it was an opening night of a show I was in, and I was coming down the spiral staircase, and Dan Loria, the dad oh from my Wonder God, Years, oh, yeah. was coming up Lombardi the himself, and yeah. my my nine year old Wonder Years brain. <laughs> 
completely shut down. And he walked past me. I didn't say a thing. I just looked at him. And he walked past me. Said, hey, how you doing? And I just... <laughs> And he, by the time I got my thoughts together, he was gone. But if you had asked me who would make you starstruck, I would never have said Dan, Dan Laurie. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you, Dan Laurie. Top but ten. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you never know. When I saw A Christmas Story last year, and um, like halfway through the first act, everyone started to realize, like all the like 35-year-old gay men like me, started to realize that Danica McKellar was like fourth right. row center. Winnie Cooper Come on. was like fourth row. Because, you know, she was seeing, Dan Laurie was in, was in A Christmas Story. Of course. And it was like, no, I mean, The Christmas Story isn't a great, great show, but everyone was like, oh my God, that's Winnie Cooper. Like, nobody could pay attention. <laughs> she oh, yeah. made a generation of gay guys probably. Yep. Yeah. I think straight men would probably feel the same. Oh, <laughs> she looks exactly the same. She yeah. looks I She looks exactly the same. A little bit different. Dreamy. <laughs> but now she's like a mathematician, too, yes. which is hot. And she's written like a bunch of books about being smart girls and how important that is. I can't handle it. I know. Hi, guys. Let's talk ah, about your show. Yes, let's. I'm such a fan. So, I, Mike and I saw the show the other night. It's the third time I've seen it. Okay. I'm awesome. totally obsessed. My first question is... As an audience member, we never are treated to like a, an amazing fancy opening cast and then an amazing fancy second cast. How did how did we get so lucky to get you guys to come and do this? I'm so glad. I'm so I'm glad, glad you, you feel, feel that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, it was uh, you know the, all of the original folk were were leaving, and I think they weren't ready to sort of like let it fizzle, and they thought you know this show. Uh, has a huge fan base and people are still turning out every night um, so why not assemble the best team we can well and I think it's uh, it's enticing too for us as actors to want to go be part of something that's really funny and really smart and then you know Casey Nicholaw is great at yeah. filling the room mm-hmm. that he's in with like-minded people and yeah. as long as you have fun I mean then you add this guy and then Leslie Kritzer <laughs> yeah. and, oh, and yes. uh, well, it's mean, funny it's, you, you do hear about each other and that's part of the appeal they say hey we're bringing in so and so and you're so like, oh cool yeah great you, did, you, were you, did you know each other before this uh, we, we go way back <laughs> we go way I... back to when Robert uh, was at Montclair State University wow I was doing you are doing a benefit what was the yep, benefit it was for benefit. to raise money for the drama department who knows and <laughs> Will Chase was going to come in and sing some stuff from rent he was my handler yep i was no. like mr chase you want a glass of water <laughs> rob mcclure was my handler. oh yeah that is incredible great oh, story I know. I know and then of course i followed obviously his career uh, and the, uh, same we we, tr- we but we never worked together nope. really we when we both got nominated for the tony mm-hmm. we what dinner was that or what event was it, it was like the broadway.com it's one of those g- i mean that's the great we, thing about we were like, that let's go sit and talk so we sat and talked yes. for an hour and caught up on the last 10 years of yes, our lives exactly did right. you remember that he had been oh. your handler oh of course of course. Was, oh, well please he oh, loves to remind me of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but i knew he'd be i knew he'd become what he's become and what he's becoming and it was cool to then sit down after his great performance of Chaplin and and yeah. the Tonys and sit there and talk and go, oh my gosh, oh, you still live in Philly? How's your life? Yeah, oh my gosh, your yeah. wife and kids and, you know. All yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. Can I ask kind of a weird question? I hope it's not a weird question. Yeah. How, is there is there anything to, like, actors of your caliber replacing? Is that a thing? Is that a thing that you th- had to think about before you said yes to doing this job? Yeah. 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 You, you get scared. Uh-huh. I mean, you get scared because Brian Darcy, there's not a bigger fan of Brian Darcy James in the world yeah. than me. Um, I think he's just one of the greatest leading men alive right now. So mm-hmm. you don't want, you certainly don't want to invite that comparison. And I think the only way to attack that is to completely not compare. <laughs> completely <laughs> not is to com- is to not take a thing directly from his performance and go back to the page. Go back to the page and go back to Casey Nicklaw mm-hmm. and build it again from the ground up. And then people come and they go like, oh. 
I didn't even know that was yeah. an option, including Brian. Brian mm-hmm. came back and saw the show and came back and said, I didn't even know that that stuff was there, what you came up mm-hmm. with. And uh, I think that's the only way that audiences can come and have an equally good experience is if you're not treating it with any sort of semblance. Yeah. Um, because that's when you invite comparison, and, I, and it can be a scary thing. Did you did you have a similar experience? Well, yeah. I mean, my I you know, as far as replacing goes, you know, you don't uh, – I get in that place where I'm not going to replace, I'm not going to replace, I'm not going to replace. <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> this one was different because I had done the original reading and workshop. Oh, you of had piece. Yeah. I oh, I didn't know that. And uh, there was no. There was kind of an act two. Uh, both my songs were intact, uh, but like omelet, the musical idea was there, but there was no omelet. The musical. I remember Casey standing up in the reading, going, "And now there's a musical." But we don't have it, so we're skipping ahead. Uh, but then I was shooting Nashville, and I couldn't have done the show anyway. And then, um, you know, replacing Christian Borle, gosh, yeah. you're, you're, you're asking for it, you know, there. And so the first few times I came after I said I'd, I'd uh, replace and I watched the show, you know, you're going, oh, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that. And I thought, okay, go back to what you originally <laughs> yes, did, exactly. what you thought was funny, and you got to work from there. And then if you can make your cohorts laugh, well, then that's good. Yeah. Then if you can make audience members laugh, and you you know, it's it's weird replacing because you don't have the benefit of previews and all that. And you oh, have yeah. to, after right. doing, this, after doing right. this for a long time, you allow yourself, okay, my first week is my previews. I know it's, <laughs> but it really is. Yeah. I'm going to try this pause there. That worked. That was dreadful. But you get to you. You kind of have to Absolutely. allow yourself and be brave enough, especially in a comedy. It's comedy's terrifying. Yeah, it's rewarding, uh-huh. but it's terrifying. So I had to allow myself. Oh, oh, there's a good one. I'm, that's going in the bag of tricks. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Christian and I are very, very good friends, and we talk about this a lot. We talk about comedy and that waiting and that pain of. Oh yeah. He always talks about um, uh, Hank Azaria and Spamlock, and Christian said he he you know when those guys were doing the show originally he he was brought up to to pace 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 and he said Hank Azaria would just sit there sit there make the audience come along and they laugh and Christian's <laughs> like oh yeah. wow so Christian now of course is that person that can tools. hold yeah. that audience which I love yeah. so you know it's a pleasure and a, a curse to replace but so far it's been nothing but fun yeah. and, and what's yeah. cool is when you when you do allow yourself that patient process a week and a half into doing it, you can arrive at something and go, "Oh, that's what they. Well, that's yeah. what Brian did." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But yeah. you didn't do it because Brian did it. You did found it. it. You were you arrived at the same choice. I you love know what that. I mean? Yeah. So, so rather than just going like, and then I'll do his bit, you try a bunch of bits that are that come from inside of you, and then you realize that the material is pointing you towards something, mm-hmm. and then you go, "Oh." It's the same thing. Well, we arrived at the same, and yeah. that's not always the case, but the there benefit, are times where The benefit does. that we have, too, in replacing is we see a cohesive show. So we come to see something right. right. It's a cohesive show. All those people went through the Frankensteining right, of putting right. a show together. So they may be doing a beat, an acting beat that's like they don't even know why they're doing yeah, it. It's a remnant. We oh. did that four weeks ago, right. and that sticks. Right. We get the benefit of, oh, I can make that make sense into that thing. Right. So it's that you know double-edged kind yeah. of fun thing. No. If I'm not mistaken, your your rehearsal process is really short. When, Crazy, right? So, can you 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 came in before Will, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you came in and there was still some of the original cast was still. Yeah, I had about six week overlap with the okay. original guys. Yeah. And you can you tell us a little bit about your your rehearsal process? Yeah, it's a ele- it was eleven days in a, in a rehearsal room at Ripley Greer, and it's me and Eric Giancola, the dance captain, a stage manager, and an accompanist. 
um, and oh our my and God. our associate director uh, Stephen Bebow, who's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. um, and you do the whole show with Eric Giancola playing everyone. So I will t- I will turn to my left and he'll play B, and then I'll turn to my right to speak to Nigel, and he will have run behind me to play Nigel on the other or side. Or Steve, of the me. associate director, gets or, up. Or and Steve, does it, yeah. if there's too many people in a scene, the two of them will cover all 15 guys in the theater troupe or whatever. Mm. Um, and you, that's how you basically learn the show. Um, and then on the day you're going to go in, from in my case, uh, it was on a Thursday, and at 1 o'clock I came in, shook everyone's hand. We ran through it <laughs> once on stage with me in full costume and mic and them in sweats and T-shirts. And a piano. And a piano. Not like a full orchestra. Exactly right. And then you have a little sound check where you sing through 32 bars of a couple of your songs so you can hear the orchestra, and then you do it. So Broadway. the first time you do like your big production numbers with the orchestra and the ensemble. It's in front of an audience who paid $180 a ticket. <laughs> so like, my question is, how is it? Not always people at your caliber replace. How does any mere mortal do that? <laughs> it's terif- It's a terrifying prospect. Th- yeah. That that moment. Uh, that moment before going on in front of that audience. I always feel like, why did I ever get it? Right. <laughs> I really do. It's yeah. That, that yeah. terrifying. Then, of course, the next three minutes is like, oh, I love this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And the other thing that he's leaving out. He he's got the lion. I mean, the lion's share of the show. Uh huh. Is this role? Mm-hmm. I had ten days. One, I kind of already knew it. Two, I'm not in the first 45 minutes of the <laughs> <Right>. show. Um, <laughs> so mine was really easy, other than I don't tap dance. That was the most terrifying thing for me. <laughs> but other than that, he's got – I mean, he's literally drives every scene that he's in. He drives, and the the the, um, the, the script and everything is – he's the motor of the show. So it's a different yeah, – that's yeah. a different thing for him to be put in the show in 10 days. It's kind of like doing an encore. Yes, yeah. exactly. Except you're off book, and it's yes. Broadway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, have you seen the new any encores recently? They're like, oh, we'll put the binders on a chair over yeah. there. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I've done them. Full it's, costume. Talk about oh, terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you, your character does make a small cameo, like in the first five minutes. Is it you, or is it not you? It's me, and if it I, if it had been me originally, like if I was doing the role originally, I would have had... Uh, I would have had someone from the chorus do that because I could have showed up <laughs> to the theater at about 8.30. That was my question. Maybe a little stop at the pub. Uh, <laughs> but the fact I have to show up, put on the face. But yeah. Like, my, no. And then it, you like sit in me. your costume for me. 45 minutes. Well, I don't. I, I literally, what's funny is I put on the stuff, I come down, I walk off stage, <laughs> I go back up to my dressing room, put on my sweats, then I either read and then start my warm-up during musical. During, during musical wow. starts. Wow. Which I listen to every night with such pleasure. It, it's uh, such the yeah. fun. He and Brad Oscar. Oh, Brad my Oscar's God. A gift. I do yeah. want to ask you guys yeah. about working with Brad Oscar oh, later. But, oh, but then I just sit up there and I listen to that and I stretch these old bones and then I get ready to come down <laughs> for willpower. And, but I'm 45 minutes off. Yeah. But that's me in the beginning. That is so funny because it, it makes me think of like, I don't know if you guys know the story of Patti Lapone in, in Les Mis, Les Mis yeah. where she like <laughs> tried every which way she could to like escape being in the, and then, but then the director saw her and was like, Lapone, get on the barricade. And, and it makes me Patty think LeBone about yeah. And yeah. also because with the way you enter in that scene, we don't see your face. I know it's really so it doesn't brilliant. have to be you. It's really brilliant. Yeah. And Christian got out of the last number. It wouldn't make sense for him to be in America, but right. he was smart to get out of the last number too. <laughs> I can see him in tech rehearsals, just kind of maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I would have done. Strategically getting guy, a cup what of old coffee. Guys do. Yeah. <laughs> How long can I be in my dressing room during exactly. the show? <laughs> Hey, theater people, time for our Today Ticks break. So, you guys, the fall season is just about upon us. And I just counted. There are 17 shows slated to open on Broadway this fall. 17. I'm talking Falsettos, Holiday Inn, Dear Evan Hansen, The Cherry Orchard with Celia Keenan-Bolger. Please do not get me started about Celia Keenan-Bolger. 
Needless to say, tis the season to download the Today Ticks app from Google Play or the App Store. Just do it right now, you guys. That way, this fall, when you and your friends are sitting at Schmackeries, eating your funfetti, and drinking your hot chocolate, trying to decide what show to see, you can be like, oh my god, oh my god, you guys, let's scroll through the Today Ticks app. Which is super easy, it has every show listed, and it has the reviews listed with the shows, and it offers the absolute lowest price. Best part, you can use the discount code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. And when your friends are like, what's that code again? You can be like, oh, it's Theater People, which of course is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. So download the app, use the code, save some cash, see a ton of theater. Today Ticks makes it that simple. You guys, I also want to tell you about my dear friend Sasha. She runs an Etsy shop called Some Other Me. That's all one word. Her shop specializes in upcycled Broadway crafts. The Some Other Me shop is best known for its Playbill flowers, which have been featured at the BCEFA flea market for the last two years and at BroadwayCon, where they sold out in like 25 seconds. Sasha also makes custom canvases and Broadway wallets. Message the shop on Etsy before placing your order and let her know that you heard about the shop on the Theater People podcast and get a free flower with your order. You can also follow her on Instagram to see what these crafts are all about, and you really should because they're so amazing. Her handle is Some Other Me Shop, and that's shop with two P's and an E because she's fancy. Lastly, you guys, just a quick reminder to get your tickets to September's Theater People Live, which is happening September 19th and features Tony winner Daisy Egan. Get your tickets and info at our website. Okay, back to the show. Um, Rob, I wanted to ask you, there was a great story I read about Brian Darcy James in the shoes. Yeah. Will you share that? Of course, of course. I um I did an interview where they were asking me what you know what it's like to replace, and I said, well, there's there's no way I'm ever going to fill his shoes. So uh, I will admire his shoes, and I will bring my own shoes and hope people like them. <laughs> um, and I got to the theater, and Jack Scott, hit our dresser, who had dressed me on Honeymoon in Vegas and then <clears> left <throat> to dress Brian in this show, uh-huh. and then stayed there when Brian left and is now my dresser again, he uh, kept Brian's boots and sort of framed them for me because he had read that interview. So to the left of my dressing That's station awesome. are Brian's boots uh, uh, in a little frame, cool. That's such a good uh, story. reminding me of the shoes I have to Philly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about Brad Oscar because yeah, like Brad Oscar gosh. is just like the like the greatest yep. and he's so great in the show yep. and he's still there. You yep. know, there has been like a, like a, most of the principals have mm-hmm. changed over mm-hmm. but he's still there. Yeah. How is it? Is he like an anchor? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. He, as he joke jokingly says cuz he's not does he his first entrance is that I am Nostradamus, right? Yeah. He says that he does 10, 10 minutes of gay cardio, yes, which is musical. Is, is a musical. And then, and then, then home free. And then he's home free. He's yes. in some more book scenes, but he I, he totally is. Every time I've ever done anything with him, I did an encore with him. Every time I've ever seen him on stage, there's something pleasing about and like you yeah. breathe, even if you're on stage with him or watching. There and he's just. Funny, his yeah. timing is impeccable, <laughs> yeah. impeccable, and he's a theater. He loves it's in his theater. Uh huh. How he, is it he, th- he also like when I came in to replace that first night? I, I'm tr- I'm terrified, and then I get on stage and I go, "Oh, I'm with Brad Oscar." Like I yeah, could forget yeah. everything, and Brad will fix this. Yeah. Like yep. you you you'll never feel more scared and more safe <laughs> yeah. than doing a scene with yeah. Brad. Another vision. It's a musical. What do you talk? What do you talk? It's a musical. A musical? No, a musical with girls on stage. A musical. We've got snappy repartee, and the women are risque, and the chorus boys are kind of gay. A musical. A true blue new musical. 
do that song with him the first time, had, did you know him before that? No, we we sort of had cross paths socially through like award seasons and things like that. Uh-huh. I'd seen him in a million things. We did a couple workshops together, but I didn't know him personally. And and he's uh, he's so gracious in terms of. You know that he knows the ideal version of every single joke, yeah. and he leaves room for your opinion on it, uh-huh. and he'll support whatever you want to try, and in fact, he'll make whatever you want to try better yeah, um, by putting those two cents on it, um, but you know that he he respects you as a comedian, and, and the back of his brain isn't going, you know how you should do this, <laughs> that he really does sort of respect everyone's process when everyone knows he's the funniest guy He's smart. He, I remember some of those lines, like, like musical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From day one of the workshop. Oh, yeah. When he opened his mouth, it was like, okay, well, that's, what, the, joke. that's, your, yeah. that's the joke, and you've got this job. So <laughs> hopefully they, they do it soon. But, I mean, some of those, some of those moments are exact. I can remember sitting there at the workshop yeah. and – and seeing his face do that, and you're like, that's perfect. Bottle that and keep it. Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you, like, how is it to experience that number from the inside? Because oh. seeing it from the outside, like, the audience just, like, leaps to their feet at the end of that number. Well, I'm lucky because I get to be the audience. Yeah. I get to be the guy who doesn't right. know anything, who's mm-hmm. learning. Um, so I, I think the audience is living vicariously through me a bit because I'm – uh, I'm thrown into that world like they would be, uh, just sort of not knowing what's next and it getting bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where I'm swept, dip, swept yeah. up in it and get to live in that world. Um, so uh, I, it's fun for me because I get to both participate in that number and be an observer of that mm-hmm. number. Um, so it, it is. It's 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 just it's such perfect. a brilliant piece. And it does what it's supposed to do in the show. Mm-hmm. And all those orchestrations. Oh my! So God. it does. It does two things to you on two different levels. It's funny because we reference all these things, but then those orchestrations are exact orchestrations of those musicals. So when you hear, yes, or, yeah. or the the little flute in the, I believe it's pronounced miserable. And it, what, that's why I love listening every night because I can hear better oh, yeah. than the audience can in my in my room. Mm-hmm. So I can hear all those little nuggets. There's mm-hmm. a there's a guys and dolls reference that I don't yeah. even know if people even oh, yeah. hear in the orchestration. Sweeney Todd reference. Sweeney Todd reference. Um, so it's it hits you on two levels in the audience. There, it's just it, you're it's so, so right about good. that because there's that there's that like iconic way that it, the the chorus line thing where they like yep. put the head. You could literally bah. sob like you know it's funny, but oh, you're bah. also like it puts <laughs> yeah. you in oh, that yeah, moment yeah, yeah. of like seeing that yeah. you know. And what's also so smart about it is that it's not referential just for comedy's sake mm-hmm. because of the convention of Nostradamus. Right, you have a plot-driven permission slip. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Literally put to, any- to, to put anything you want in. Yeah, because he allows the reality of the world to allow that. Because without that character, it would just constantly be winking, and the audience would go like, "Oh, this is." I get the reference, but why? Why is it a funny right. and why is it uh-huh. b allowed? Yeah, and that character is the one who cracks open that door. Mm-hmm. Uh, without without that linchpin, I think it would just be referential and, for. And comedy that's why scene. omelet. When I did when, so so that idea of referencing all these musicals. So musical uh, the number was there, but referencing all the musicals wasn't didn't exist yet. So that's why omelet the the musical didn't really. Exists. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So when I remember seeing it for the first time, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Omelette the Musical is brilliant." Yeah. All those lines, <laughs> yeah. oh the book God. scene before yeah. the song oh is brilliant, but it didn't exist. So seeing it for the first time, I, I, I was doubled over. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what's amazing? We we had Kevin McCollum on the show, and mm-hmm. he was telling us about like where this all came from. These guys are like first time musical writers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you had much interaction with the actual writers of the show? Yes. Do they? I mean, I'm just thinking if I was a first time musical writer and I did this, what, do they come every single? 
them I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, um, they're from Nashville, so they so they don't. But when they're in town, they do. <laughs> well, and, and an original. The thing we always. Need to always say, too, an original idea from the ether, yes, meaning right. yeah. no source material. I mean, other than Shakespeare, but I'm saying, and it wouldn't be a neat idea to have these guys write the first musical and Shakespeare be a moron? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. good luck with you, yeah, yeah. you know, with that. Exactly. But these guys, and they're the most humble, uh, Carrie oh, and yeah. Wayne. Carrie's written, uh, he's a Nashville, like, songwriter. He's written, he wrote actually a couple, not my songs on the show Nashville. But oh, really? Wrote, oh, yeah, and they're, like, the coolest down to earth. And then John. And, like, the book. Are, are uh-huh, you kidding me? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like I wrote a uh, 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 guide to the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Like Hitchhiker's yeah, yeah. Guide it's, to the Galaxy yeah, yeah. and it's, Chicken Run. I wait, mean, he wrote that? Yeah. John O'Neill. Yeah. What? And Carrie Kirkpatrick. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. Uh. Just geniuses. Brilliant. Um. And uh. So they know comedy for sure. Yeah. And then um. You know you do operate in these book scenes and you go like oh these are this is. These are great scenes. There's playable stuff. Yeah. But, but talking to every character wants something. But talking to them about it. And talking about Casey, why Casey's brilliant is Casey, he might not, Casey sometimes, he knows what works and doesn't work. And he pushes writers, new writers, in this world they're new, he pushes them to find the best thing for it. Mm-hmm. Let's not just put that there because it's entertaining. There used to be a, a stockade number from the, the workshop that I think even made it into previews. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? That they really wanted in there. And it was more along the lines of a Monty Python kind of thing. Totally. And I remember the guy, some of the course guys showing up for a preview and seeing the stockades out in the trash. Like, oh, that's, that's cut. <laughs> but Casey's good at pushing the writers and the actors to know, let's find the best way to tell this little moment yeah. if we need to cut or if we're going to do three previews without a song there yeah. which is pain, painful as a as oh, yeah. a as an actor to go okay this isn't probably going to be in tomorrow night but I'm going to go out there and uh-huh. give it a shot mm-hmm. Casey trusts his people and you trust Casey and that's why at the end of the day these writers and Casey was a perfect perfect yeah. match yeah and, and what you end up being left with when you've got somebody smart leading the troupe is that now when I get off you know, when I get off stage every night, I look back and I had something playable to do from the gate right. to the end. Yeah. Right. I was never just singing and dancing. Right. Like Nick has something he wants at all times right. and Nigel does and Shakespeare right. does. And there's no one sort of hung out to dry because, you know, Casey makes sure that everyone's got something to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, on that note, you, the, the, the two characters towards the end have that like tap off. <laughs> yes. And you were saying, Will, that you're not like a, that you're not a tap dancer. Could have no, fooled me. No, <laughs> not so. And are you? Do you have a big history? Like, are you a big tapper? Not a big history. I I, I always say that I've had a lot of choreographers who were more confident in me than I was in myself. <laughs> so uh, what happened was t- 15 years ago when I started doing this, they said, oh, you're little and scrappy. You're a mover. And I was like, am I? So okay. then they'd teach me these 10 steps, and I'd go home and bust my butt and know them. And then the next choreographer would go, oh, you know those 10 steps, so you must know these 10 steps. And I'd go, okay. So I'd go home. <laughs> and over 15 years of doing that, you build a Rolodex, and you go like, oh, I guess I am. Uh, right. Sort of a mover by yeah. this point, right. um, and you get certain vocabulary in your head. So, so uh, the tap dancing now is something I really love to do. And w- so, Will, how did you tackle that challenge? Well, I've had to move and dance in shows, but I don't have a vocabulary of that because I just don't come from that <laughs> sure. world. So yeah. I did, I did, you know, Billy Elliot. Yeah. I did yeah. um, Nice Work if you can get it. High and fidelity. she, have, yeah. and she, of course, choreographed for me and Ke- not for me for for uh, Matthew and Kelly, mm-hmm. but to non dancers really to make them look like dancers. Right. And then I knew in this it was literally what is it maybe eight bars of full out tap and I'm a percussionist so I understand sound yeah right. I understand what it's supposed to look like so then I had to literally go woodshed and go 
if you want. <laughs> I'm not joking. Listen. And then my, okay. you know, and then if I ever get a, a step off or something, this one though, we have you know a code of looks. He's like, oh, oh, you're making that work. You're making, you're making, that, making work. that work. Sure, <laughs> sell it up here. Exactly. Sell it up up, up top. Exactly. But um, no, and it's one of my now. It's one of my favorite moments. What a funny oh, idea so funny. for yeah. them to have a tap off in his <laughs> so fantasy. Yeah. I mean, and he wins. <laughs> yes. No. But that everything is. Wait a minute. You yeah. wrote omelet. I mean, it's brilliant oh to me. So it's ridiculous. so fun. So last question. Yeah. So the show that won the Tony Award the year that that uh, Something Rotten opened is yes. closing, yes. and Something Rotten is what is playing. it? I already it was Fun, Fun Home, Home, which oh, is Jesus. incredible, and incredible. It's, Come it on, makes it yeah. you know, like it was, you know, apples and like Fun Home is gonna, sure. you know, right. right. Um, but you know, and I was talking to Kevin McCollum about this a little bit that the show was mostly well reviewed. One notable exception. And and a notable exception like that can like tank a show, but it didn't because right. the show is so amazing. So I'm curious, what do you guys think is like the secret sauce to the show? I think there's two parts to it. The first is that the ad campaign, yeah, the self-deprecating yes. ad campaign, totally matches the tone of the show and is so brilliant. I remember when we were doing doing honeymoon in Vegas, and I came around the corner, and they had just booked the St. James, and the ad had gone up on the front uh, of the marquee and I saw people laughing and taking pictures of the marquee and I said what is that and I walked over and it said in huge letters we haven't seen it yet the New York Times <laughs> and people were laughing and they didn't even know what the show was about and they were laughing That's and good. they've managed to continue to do that yeah. including turn that New York Times yep, review absolutely. on here and it, make it in their favor because they yep. replaced that we haven't seen it yet New York Times with opened <laughs> Wednesday at the St. James <laughs> Theater the New York right? Times right. Yeah. which is still making people laugh <laughs> right. which is telling okay. you exactly Exactly what you're in for when you totally get to the agree. theater, and in a world in the world we're in right now, which I'm being tortured by, like everyone else, yeah. where 90 percent of your day is looking at your phone frustrated and you don't want to throw it into the Hudson. Yeah, you want to go somewhere and giggle, and, yeah. and I think yeah. that's I think more than anything, that's uh, people know that if you come to New York, the show that's going to guaranteed make you laugh is something rotten. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's why people keep coming. Yeah. Okay. One request. Will you end our our little talk here mm-hmm. with? Um, you had this great story after the Tony Awards when you took a car home. Do you remember? You put it on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And it kind of went viral. Yeah. Will you t- Will you share that story? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, I I was uh doing something rotten, and I had this wonderful student named Andrew Gorin in Philadelphia, and his father Larry and he had come to see the show, and after the show, uh, I was showing them around, and I said, well, I have to catch my train home to Philadelphia, and he said, oh, do you want a ride? And they live in Philly. So I thought, oh, sure, mm-hmm. great. So I take my time. I give him a backstage tour. I'm doing all this stuff. We get outside, and my train, last train, is long gone. And they turn, and they say, so do you, is it Penn Station or Grand Central? <gasps> no. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> a ride to the train station? And they meant a ride to the train station. And I was like, uh, so I thought you were going home to Philly. Are you not going home to Philly? And they're like, no, we're going to a hotel in Jersey. We've got something to do tomorrow. So I was what? like, um, okay. So luckily, his dad said, well, we've got a car taking us to New Jersey. Just stay, come with us, and then I'll pay for the car to take you home to oh, Philadelphia. Oh. He felt bad, clearly. Yeah, yeah. So, I've, I've, so I do, and I'm very grateful. And, uh, and uh, the driver was a sweet guy named Carl. Um, and we dropped them off in Jersey, and the second they leave the car, he says, so you're on Broadway? I said, yeah. He's like, I, that's so cool. I don't know anything about Broadway. I was like, yeah. Uh, and he said, uh, I drop people off at shows sometimes. I dropped a couple off at Hamilton the other day. So they said, it's supposed to be good. I said, yeah. Do you know anything about Hamilton? <laughs> no. Will, mean, do you know the story? What do you, no. Oh, it's goes, so good. Goes, what do you mean nothing? I said, surely you know something about Hamilton. No, he doesn't know anything. I said, well, 
I have the soundtrack on my phone. We're about to drive for two hours. You want me to put it on? So he goes, sure. So I put it on. 20 minutes of silence, and I think he's, that's it. He's sort of just driving right. and tuned out. And all of a sudden, I hear from the front seat, oh, shit, Washington's gangster. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he is listening. Cut to 10 minutes later. He goes, Eliza could have had him. She was just thinking about money. No. <laughs> he is in it, right? So we stopped for gas. And when we stopped for gas, he goes, so wait, so this whole, this is a two and a half hour song? And I had never really thought of that before. Yeah. And I said, well, technically they're broken up. And yes, I guess they all, it is a two and a half hour song. And he goes, and one guy writes a two and a half hour song? I said, yeah. I said, hey, I actually know him. He's a friend of mine. I'm going to tell him he had enjoyed it. He said, wait, you know the guy who wrote this? I said, yeah. He said, can you tell him I learned more about living in America than I've ever known in my whole life? And I feel proud to be American when I listen to that. That. Did you tell Liz? Unbelievable. Uh, of course I did. Yeah. What did he say? Um, he was just. It, it, what's so funny is that they're. He he was so gracious and grateful, but they are, they actually are getting that kind yeah. of often. Yeah. Um. And uh. And it's just so it's just so amazing that, to not only introduce him to Hamilton, but to adri- introduce him to musical theater because he had no concept. So wait, right. people just start singing. I mean, it's our show. Yeah, it is our show. <laughs> you know what are you talking about? That is the stupidest thing that yes, I've exactly, ever heard. Exactly, right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's, it was him going. They just break into song, but to see someone have that door open to them and sort of fall in love with that convention. So and we all have cool. the show that did that. Yeah. Oh, us, yeah. You know oh yeah. 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 I mean? yeah. Um. And it was. Just, I felt lucky to be in the car to watch him have that his damn so Washington. And he's yeah, Washington's gang. And he's gonna come see something rotten soon. Are you serious? Oh, you see the it, it'll, it'll, it'll be his first Broadway musical. <laughs> no. Yes. Wait, why do you live in Philadelphia? Because I love it. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you come every there? night? You do, you every go day. home every night? On the night? Amtrak every day. No yeah. way. It's about an hour 20, yeah. That's baller. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, yeah. come on. He's the real dude. <laughs> oh, well, Chase. Not me. Car to Brooklyn. Oh, please. Please, um, please. I'm still your handler. But Can still... I get you a glass of water? Are you thirsty, Will? Damn straight. Okay. Damn straight. I do need one. Rob McClure and Will Chase, I am such a big fan. <laughs> oh, I can't believe okay. we got to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for being on the Theater People Podcast. Pleasure. You're amazing. And, Our and pleasure. And continue to test for the show. Thanks. Come see something run. Uh, yes, exactly. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Hey, theater people, one last reminder to get your tickets to see Theater People Live featuring Tony winner Daisy Egan. Happening Monday, September 19th at 7 p.m. in the Cabaret Theater at the Duplex. Info and tickets at theaterpeople.com. Theater People is produced by Theater Podcast Productions with Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. I edited this episode. If you'd like, you guys, check out the Theater Podcast Productions new website, which is theaterpodcastproductions.com. So original. Special thanks to our sponsor, TodayTix, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app in Google Play or the App Store and use the code THEATERPEOPLE to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That code, of course, is THEATERPEOPLE, which is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Special thanks, as always, to Steve Tipton, Bradley Behan, Eric Emsch, our webmaster Keith Allen Herzog, Ellen Marie Marsh, and the staff at Oswald. We're taking next week off for the holiday, but we'll be back the following Monday with Jose Lana of Spelling Bee like a million productions of The King and I, and here lies love. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking.